the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens. You know, we certainly live in interesting times, and should we be grateful for that? Well, our guest today, Rachel Hamm, says yes, we should be grateful. She was a Republican candidate for Secretary of State in the 2022 election. She was endorsed by such conservative luminaries as Mike Lindell, General Michael Flynn, and Steve Bannon. She's widely regarded as a rising star in the conservative movement. She's met with Donald Trump, and she has a podcast, The Rachel Ham Show, which is heard all around the country. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, I'm glad you can make it with us. You're certainly a Christian believer, and of course, this is Biblical Citizen Let's Roll. You say that you had a supernatural experience which told you to run last year for California Secretary of State. Uh, Would you mind sharing us with us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, it might be a little out there for some people, especially if you're like me and you were kind of raised in a, a denomination where the supernatural is not really acknowledged. Like I was Church of Christ and, you know, there's, you know, a whole bunch of denominations who don't really acknowledge the supernatural, but what happened to me was absolutely supernatural. So um, I'm a prophetic dreamer. I have been my whole life. And so I began having quite a few dreams about me being in a governmental position, uh, me ruling and reigning, if you will. And I took all of it metaphorically because I, I just couldn't really imagine myself actually doing something with politics. And I, I'm not I'm not political. I'm very straightforward, you know, and that that doesn't work well in politics. <laughs> so it's yeah, like I just thought right. it's much metaphorical, right? So I have all these dreams and then I was really sick with COVID actually, and this was January thirtieth, two thousand twenty one. I was um a week into having COVID and I was very ill, didn't seem like I was getting better, and I was really having kind of a spiritual attack that went along with a physical attack. So my mind just really felt like it was under attack. And I was discouraged. And so I, I called out to the Lord and said, can you please send angels to minister to me? And that's not something I just normally say, but I said this. And so I said, hey, will you send angels to minister to me? And immediately the atmosphere, I was in my closet, and the atmosphere in my closet shifted. And it felt like, I thought, he, he sent them. Like there's, I felt like there's angels here, you know. Well, wow. I have, we have four sons, and our youngest son sees in the spirit, and he has his whole life. So he sees angels and demons, and 
He'll see light radiating from people's abdomen or he'll see darkness uh, on people. He, he's, he's just seen his, his whole life. He's adopted. His birth mother also sees in the spirit. And it's pretty fascinating to compare notes because we didn't know that about her until he was eight years old. Uh, so I called him and said, can you see if you see anything? And he comes into my closet and he said, Mom you have a glowing man in your closet. And he started trembling, which he had never had that response to an angel before. So my thought was, is he for us or against us? You know, like, let's test the spirit. So yeah. uh, he said, yeah, he's for us. And he began going down to the ground. And he said, Mom, he is so powerful. I can't stand in his presence. He's put, his power's pushing me to the ground. And he went down to, uh, down to the ground. And he said, I can't face. All I can see is that he has a scroll in his hand. I said, well, if he has a scroll in his hand, he has a message. That's the, which came to me. I said, what's the message? And he said that he had come to commission me. And I don't go into the details of things that he said, um, because there's more to it than, than this situation you know, contains. But that was the beginning of being commissioned by the Lord to, to go into the political realm. And that's, I did. That's very dramatic that's and, and powerful. Yeah. Well, and I want to just share. I had some an experience, not quite as dramatic as yours, but while I was sick with what I believe was COVID um, pneumonia, uh, I just was anxious and worried, and you know, I had all these plans. It was right around New Year of twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was the same time. And and you know, I had all these plans that I was going to warn people about vaccines and and to talk about things on a radio show and you know all these things that I had goals for the new year and and I couldn't do any of it. You know, I was just so weak and I just, I once again like you I I just cried out to the Lord like I got so much to do Lord I can't do any of it I'm so weak I can't I'm sick and I just felt like He just told me you know He spoke to my spirit He said all you need to do right now is stir this soup. <laughs> You know, like, I don't have to save the whole world through my little efforts. He has it. And I, you just take care of yourself right now, my daughter, you know. And yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, what a different calling. Like, you're going, you were called to get out into the world and run for office, for heaven's sake. Wow. And at that time, I was just supposed to take take care of myself and spend time with him. So isn't that interesting? But let's talk about the two things, let's say two key things that you learned in your run for office for Secretary of State in this blue state currently, we don't want it to stay blue, do we? How are conservative Republicans going to take this state again? And once again, two key things that you learned. Yes. Well, first of all, about God telling you to you know just stir the soup, he is so practical and so sweet to us. And whatever we need at any given moment, you know, that... He is just so personal to us. And there's yes. times where I, I was asking him, do you want me to do this? It was like this big, grandiose thing. And he, it was very similar. He said, no, I just want you to go to the grocery store and cook your family dinner. He was like, <laughs> no. So he's, he's both. It's practice. He's very practical. And he's also, you know. And I feel, I feel so, I feel sad for people that don't acknowledge the supernatural because it is real and it's here and it. You know, God reigns over everything, and He's sovereign, and He's He does. He speaks to every person specifically, just to them. You know, not not to the you know those who are willing I to mean, listen. Those anyway. who are willing yep. to listen yep. and to 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 not know about that or to deny it, just to not pay attention is too bad. Right. But yeah. so, yeah. um, 
So what did you learn? This must have been quite an adventure to run for office like that. It was very hard. It was very unpleasant. Uh, You know, and that's another thing that I think is important for people to understand is that, you know, um, I did not want to run for office. And and I didn't enjoy the process. Like it was hard. It was grueling. I had to do all kinds of things that were unpleasant. And I and I say that because I think that often people um, they, they don't do something if they don't want to do it. And it's like you know, if God tells you to do something, it kind of that, that's all that matters. Like you know, if you feel like you're supposed to do something, you don't have to feel qualified. You don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to feel like you know what how you're going to do. I mean, I knew nothing, but He just gave me the next, the first step and then the next step. And I just listened and obeyed, listened and obeyed. And as, as I went through it, the, I would say two of the main things that I learned were um, how corrupt the, the California Republican Party is. I would say it's been completely taken over by liberals that are acting like they're conservatives and they are liars and they are wolves in sheep's clothing and they are intentionally destroying the party from within. And they're also intentionally sabotaging efforts um, of conservatives to get the state back. Really? So that is probably the main thing I learned. Didn't um, you, if I may interrupt with one question to take on to that, Rachel, didn't you get the strong endorsement, at least of the Fresno County Republican Party? I mean, how did that play into it? Yes, because the chairman of Fresno County is a, a wonderful, godly man who who um, does what's right. And so, and there were chairmen throughout the state and chairwomen that were wonderful, godly people. But I'm talking about the at the state right, level, the state. Right. Yeah. So, so it's not like all like everyone involved is bad. No, there's lots of great people involved, um, and, and certainly there are county chairs that I think are, are really, really great. That are that they're aware of this problem and they're fighting to try to get the party back. Um, but as of right now, our state leadership is um, is not good. So, so that's important to know, right? Because we need to know what we're dealing with. So it, it makes sense. And like, why why did Republicans not ballot harvest? It's legal in California. The Democrats all did it, and we had a horrible voter turnout. Well, if we would have ballot harvested, we could have won. We literally could have won lots of key seats. But the Republican Party, uh, the the state leaders, would not allow it and and squashed it. They even went publicly. Say they were for it, and then they would. They were not. They were. They were lying, and behind the behind closed doors, they wouldn't let it happen. So that's wow. important. Well, I, and I love fight on stuff like that. You know, where we can. And we've said many times bit. that if the Christians would get out, we only have like what thirty percent vote turnout for Christians. If just the Christians would turn out, we could win. You know, if 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 churches would vote ballot harvest and some have some this last election but yeah it all is i believe turnout a sin i believe it's absolutely a sin for a christian not to vote especially in this environment with the culture going the sinful direction that it is if we refuse to participate in the system that god has gifted us with i believe that's a sin yeah because the government's actually harming people i mean it's it's causing great harm so if we just do nothing they win, but we have to do something. Yeah. So, um, what about election fraud? And and we've we've already touched on this. What? But what more can we do? Um, like General Michael Flynn that you interviewed with, he strongly mm-hmm. believes that the twenty twenty election and the twenty twenty two election, they were stolen by deep state operations. 
So what do you yeah. think? What, what, what can we do? Yeah, I think they absolutely are being stolen. Um, as of right now, I don't think we even really have our country. It's been taken over by this coup that has stolen the country by way of the elections. Um, and we're in a situation of trying to get it back. I think yeah. that the key things people can do is work the elections. So sign up to be workers. You can actually get paid by your county to work for a couple of weeks around election time. And I would love it if every single position in each county was filled with conservatives who were committed to truth, honesty, doing what is right. And so we have eyeballs on all elements of the election process from beginning to end who are committed to integrity. So we can do that. That's something that everyone can do. You can work, you can volunteer, you can work just on election day, you can work the, the weeks before and weeks after. Um, but every single precinct should have tons of conservatives signing up to be involved in the process. I think that is a great, great suggestion. And we also need to vote, and we absolutely need to ballot harvest, as you said. And take back the country one county at a time. One county at a time. You know, your county. Just take back your county. And like my sister up in Oregon, they have a very small county, 70,000 people. They got their county commissioner elected, you know, so now— that's going to change everything. He can actually enforce the law and keep out some of the things coming out of their capital. So, so Rachel, I want to ask you, a, you could say this is a little bit of a controversial question, um, but it, this kind of follows up on the election fraud problem. So some Donald Trump supporters, and we know some personally, that have expected pretty much over the last two years that this would be overturned. And I'm talking about the 2020 presidential election. Uh, the word usually goes, or the story usually goes, that portions of our military would rise up, restore Donald Trump to the presidency, save our democracy. But this has not happened, at least not so far, has it? And it seems to me that, unfortunately, our military leadership is compromised. I mean, look at the response to the Chinese spy balloon. It's embarrassing. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this whole thing? I do. And I'm glad that you asked this because um, it's not the case that the military is not going to be stepping in and reversing our election. And if people continue to believe that, they'll sit on their hands and be waiting for someone to rescue them. And if we do that, we lose. We're going to agree. So, uh, no. And I've talked to uh, lots of I've talked to the highest level people in the country and they say, they believe what? No, that's not true. That's not true. Really? Uh, so, yeah. So I think Q got people investigating some things that they wouldn't have otherwise, but they also led people astray saying, trust the plan. And that, that's yeah. my biggest, yeah. Rachel just articulated my biggest concern. And when we were just looking at the low voter turnout, I wonder how much of that is caused by either people thinking it's all fraudulent, so there's nothing we can do, or, oh, these white hats, which some people call them, these white hats are going to come in like the Lone Ranger, and we just have to sit back and wait for that to happen. Both are really wrong. We've got to be yeah. in the fight. We've got to be in the fight. So yes. um, in the Michael Flynn interview, you said that many Christian churches have been compromised in recent times. So it's not just Hollywood. It's not just the media, the big woke corporations. So 
I'm assuming you think that Christian churches should be politically and culturally active. And what do you think? Can you give us any examples of what you think Christian churches should be doing in this fight? Yes. Well, I mean, I think that, like, for me and my relationship with God and what I see of Him in the Word that He gave us, um, there's no part of my life that He does not invade that he is not um, involved in. I mean, I consult the Lord about every single element of of my life. He doesn't stay out of the political part of my life, in other words. Right, and, right. And I, who am I? I? I am the church. I am the church. I am one part, uh, you know, one member of the body, and as are you, as are every believer. And so um, I think it's ridiculous to leave God out of anything political and not be willing to discuss it, not be willing to uh, preach on it, quite frankly. I think preachers should be preaching from the pulpit about political things. I don't know if everyone who's listening knows this or not, but Donald Trump changed the Johnson Amendment, and he made it where preachers can preach about political things and not lose their 501c3 status. I didn't know that. Is that... I, I, fact, I didn't really? know that either, although one thing I did Doesn't know— Doesn't the legislature have to change it? I don't mm-hmm. know, but one thing I knew—well, he might have done it by executive action, which maybe hasn't been reversed, but one thing I knew, even pro- not knowing what you just said, is even with the Johnson Amendment, I have heard repeatedly that not one church has ever been sued or gotten into trouble for political involvement. So even though many churches and pastors say— Oh, we can't say anything, and they they point to that. The reality is that's not really a threat. And a lot of that is because the ACLU just scared everybody. You know, they 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 want to make you think that you're going to lose your five hundred one c three. So then you censor yourself. Or maybe yeah. some church leaders. I hate to say, yeah. just use that as an excuse. Right, because they don't want to be in a controversy. They don't. They don't want to be in a controversy. Yeah. Right. But when, but these moral issues are really really important, right? I mean, transgender to, and and abortion and the pro life and people dying of the vaccine. I mean, these are these are really major major things. Yeah, yeah, and they all should be being spoken about. And you know, really, the job of a, a pastor is he's a shepherd, right? They're supposed to protect their flock. They should be uh, seeking the Lord and bringing the word of the Lord to the people that is relevant to their life today. You know how many people got vaccinated because their preachers not only did not discourage them, they actually promoted the vaccine? Yes. Uh, God help them. Right. God help them. I have some harsh some harsh things to say for pastors because I think that should be the highest level um, of, of what—so like, in our country— um, People are hurting. They're they're just, they're depressed. They're despondent. They're scared to death. They should be able to look to the church and specifically the shepherds of the church, the elders, the the boards, the the pastors, pastoral staff, uh, even like volunteer leaders. You know, they they should be able to look there and get what they need. God has the solutions for every problem we have, and people are are desperate for them, and they're not getting them from the American church, and it makes me very mad. And I think it was a lot of it that they just didn't investigate. And we are called to be discerning. That means you look into it, you test things, you prove things. You don't just believe 
some false prophet or some false government leader. Wow. I mean, you don't even look into it. And it didn't even take much investigation to find out that shot's experimental. This shot hasn't been tested. It's, it has all these questionable ingredients in it. It's a new technology. I mean, wow. And then when the so, Pfizer and then when the Pfizer data came out that they wanted to keep secret for seventy five years. Yeah, that's a and red all the flag. Deaths, wow. And something I saw recently, Rachel, you may have seen this, but it's another one of those horrific things. Something like at least this I believe this came out of the Pfizer data that they wanted to keep secret. When they did a study on pregnant women, something like forty odd percent of the pregnant women had miscarriages. Now, wouldn't that have caused it to be contraindicated in pregnant women? Of course, and they they didn't even have pregnant women in the clinical trials. Not initially, but they did The clinical trials were a sham. No, but they did a follow-on study, and that's what's shocking. They had that horrible result, and they went ahead with it anyway. So, Rachel, I'm from the Central Valley, as a matter of fact, which is where you live, and near Clovis, which is near Fresno, how are things in the Central Valley at this time? You know, uh, you've been all over the state, but there are problems specific to the Central Valley. And so how's medical freedom there? How are the politics? How are, you know, did you get support from your your people, your your hometown and people in the in the valley? And I mean, you, you got to get it all up and down the state running for statewide office. But how is it there? Yes, it's great. The Central Valley still remains a, a little red conservative bubble. You know, we call it the Bible Belt of California. Yeah. Uh, Clovis, where I live, is is doing great. So we are, as I traveled the state, in fact, I will say it caused me to fall in love with my hometown all over again because it was like, oh, my gosh, my town is so much better than so many places in California. Um, you know, a lot of places here stood for freedom and have even the school district has really uh, they're doing they're doing a great job they are really resisting some things they never forced anyone to get vaccinated which a lot of other school districts Hmm. throughout the state did right um it's going really really well here i think that they, they say that fresno county is purple now that it went for joe biden i think that we have more fraud in Fresno County's elections than possibly any of the other counties, which that's based on an evaluation of data and outside experts that that looked at at uh, data and did at canvassing and found so much fraud here. So uh, no, it's conservative. It's red. Uh, a lot of votes were stolen and flipped over to blue, but that's false. Uh, Fresno Fresno County is a conservative haven in an otherwise uh, fairly liberal state. Well, um, speaking of that, it, it kind of begs a question in my mind, what is next for Rachel Ham? Like, are you going to maybe run for office in some other office or the same office? Have you thought about that much? Um, at this point, I don't foresee me running again, but I also didn't foresee me running the first time. So, <laughs> so I just very much, you know, like I said, listen and obey, listen and obey. I very much seek the Lord. Mm and have submitted my life to him and do whatever he tells me to do. So I don't know if I'll run again, but I can say that, you know, when I met with President Trump, I told him that he needed to hire me. And I said, you need to hire me because you need people around you who will tell you the truth and who can hear from God. And I, and I said that to him. And he agreed, and he said that he is going to be hiring me. 
So oh. at this point, I, I think that is in the future. I don't know exactly when or how, um, but I think that is likely to be part of my future. Well, I think and he the, is running for president again, right? Didn't well, he announce the, that? In the yeah. meantime, you're doing your radio podcast and you're you got your four sons you got your family i mean you you have a lot of responsibility and you're speaking out publicly wow just doing that is a lot so um don't know what god has in store for any of us but kind of reached the end of our program well no we have i I want to ask rachel one other question because we do i think we still have a minute or two (laughs) and this is this is kind of a (laughs) theological question that it's okay for christians to differ on and this gets to the end times. We have some friends that believe that, you know, they use these big words and pre-millennial, post-millennial and all this kind of stuff. But some people believe that we that things are just getting worse and, um, and, and others believe that Christ's kingdom on earth is going to get stronger as time goes on and Christ will have this vibrant community of believers when he returns. Do you have a do you have a view on that? Well, first of all, I get a little bit irritated when I when I see people too focused on that because quite frankly it doesn't matter if we're going to get stronger or weaker or if the world's getting ready to end or or what it doesn't matter what matters is what has God told you to do today and are you doing it like you just submit to him each day and it doesn't matter it will unfold as it unfolds so that's that's my personal uh, just feeling about that I was think and I, and I think there's a real danger in preaching that the world's getting ready to end because you know like I know in chapel uh, chapel uh, what is it called? Calvary Chapel in Chino Hills. Uh, the pastor really talks about the end of the world all the time. Well, the general philosophy of the congregation is sit back and enjoy your life because Christ is getting ready to take us out of here. Well, I think, I think that's a problem. Good, I think that's a good, good answer. It doesn't matter as to how you act, whether when whenever the world is going to end. So yes, we're going to Occupy till he comes, and we're going to keep doing what he tells us to do. So thank you for being with us today, Rachel. It's been wonderful to get to know you a little bit. Thanks so much. And everyone, everybody, go to Rachel's so, podcast. On Rumble, the Rachel Ham Show on Rumble. Thanks. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.